You want to sign a contract, but you don't understand the fine print. You need someone to hold your hand. You need a lawyer, lawyer. Yes, you do. You need a lawyer, lawyer. You know that you do. You got a lot of money, and your girl she wants to marry. Podcasting from the backroom studio in beautiful Highland Park. This is not so kosher with Bexie and Bobby on the podgram tonight. Brilliant defense attorney Paul Applebaum. Now the hostess with the mostess. Bexie, everybody. Hey. Shalom. Challah at your boy. Hey, what's up? Manishma. I broke Passover. Did you? <laughs> Finally. Wait, it's kosher. Well, it's bacon. over. Oh, damn it. It's over. So you actually I mean, didn't break it. I went the distance yeah. and then some. Yeah, good which, for can you. you. Can you use it for next year? Have can, you shit yet? Oh, my God. Like, I gave birth... Good. It was big. Good. I, I, I had some issues, but whatever. That's all right. That's what a, right. What a good Passover this year. It was, was super it? easy for me. It was? It was super easy. How was it easy for you? I mean, I never seem to have trouble with it, but... I have a girlfriend now yeah. who helps with the cooking. Oh, that's pretty sweet, and, isn't it? And provides safe food. Safe food. Versus, you know, when you're a versus bachelor. Yeah. You don't know if you I'm like, shit I don't it know. down and ate it because you I've, can't tell if the matzah's been used or not. The White Castle, I thought, looked like a matzah. But I, I thought it was matzah. <laughs> anyway, so that was it was an easy Passover. How about for you? That's good. I, I uh, Well, I never have trouble with, with Passover. I'm not a big bread eater. So that helps. So it doesn't ever bother me. Now, you know, there's other things I eat that... Uh, I shouldn't probably eat, but, um, you know, if it's in my diet, I eat it. But, uh, you know, now they've got that whole thing, the conservative movement, like, like spread the doors open and now you can do like, you know, beer and wine. No, I'm kidding. I, now you can you do know, like beans and rice. I went, not to, rice, I went to Chipotle and had myself a burrito bowl. I would have never done that in you years did, past. Did you not get rice? I got rice and corn. Well, I don't know if that's legit. Don't tell it me was that corn now. And beans, not rice and <laughs> corn. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I got. You know what's funny though is my friend Deb, the one who lives in California. I like her. Yeah, she's cool. She's Sephardic, so we would like. It was like traumatizing for all of us when we do the whole Passover thing because she'd want to like be like, "Well, we can eat rice and all that shit." Right. So, but we never, you know. And they're in a whatever. different time zone, so maybe that factors in too. I do. Doesn't it at all? Because they're two hours, they can have like things we can't. Oh, you mean in California? Yes. I thought you meant in Sephardic no, land. No, oh, that's is there, like more than two hours. I've isn't never it? been to Sephardic land. Haven't <laughs> you? No, it's kind of do like I think it's due southwest of uh, Israel I'm or not, southeast or something like that. Next, next year in Sephardic land, we'll there do it. There you go. What a great Passover! Sure. But thank you. I'm glad it's done. We're yeah. now on to normal whatever. We are. So I, I, I got to tell you something funny. So you tell me, my mom is a funny character. And she's super pro Jew. Seriously. That's so a good thing. When we used to watch like the OJ trial, I don't know if you remember this, um, Alan Dershowitz was part of it. And he was always on talking about the case. My mom, being my mom, would say, he's a brilliant Jewish lawyer. Instead of just, <laughs> just, a, a, just a lawyer, lawyer, it would have to be Jewish. Yeah. And I always wondered like, Why? Can't he just be a brilliant guy who is like versed with law, but he's a brilliant. Did she say this in front of you? Kind of like, I want my son to be a brilliant Jewish Holy. lawyer. She wasn't <laughs> like, my son's a brilliant podcaster. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's just my mom. It's funny because I know there's a lot of parents who would be like, he's a brilliant Jewish doctor. Yeah. 
Nah, he's a really good doctor. He's a always. And if there was a black guy, can I just go there? It's it, true. It's always like he's a brilliant like, black yes, lawyer. Like he's a fine black man. Yeah. Versus if he worked at Kmart a in aisle four. Jewish yes. It's very Kmart, sad. Uh, I think it's retail sad. salesperson. Yeah. Very sad. Speaks volumes about generations. But um it's true. Yeah. So it's anyway, true. Alan Dershowitz. So I'm excited to hear about your guy that you interviewed. Oh, that's up. why you brought it up because he's yes. an attorney. Yes. Yeah. So I was fortunate to um, interview Paul Applebaum, uh, who is uh, a loner, a rebel. He has always uh, done law alone, mm-hmm. um, probably because he doesn't play well with others. I mean, he's pretty tough, so I, like I can imagine that he needs to be doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's pretty incredible. I I um, he's somebody I've always known. I've always looked up to him. He's a very intelligent man. Um, and I was lucky to chat with them, but I want to make sure that you check out not so kosher at not so kosher for Twitter. If you want to tweet us, uh, just a general reminder that you shouldn't forget to subscribe to not so kosher, uh, go through backroom studios, S T E W D I O S. Uh, check out Jubilations, where you can learn things like some of the customs we do as Jews <laughs> and so much more. Make sure you follow and like and share us on Facebook. Check us out on Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Blueberry, and so much more. Just make sure you go to a Backroom Studios Not So Kosher. Not anything else Not So Kosher. Backroom Studios Not So Kosher. So how can a pregnant woman tell that she's carrying a future attorney? How? She has an uncontrollable craving for bologna. Oh, my God. You like that? Oh, my God. Yeah, right? Wow. I know. That just happened. Um, so today, I, you know, our little podular switches over to the nail salon during the day. I right? smelled that. Yeah, did you? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's like you were busy today, weren't you? Yeah. Well, that's why I'm so fucking nuts because of the, the you smell, know, the like, yeah, all yeah. the chemicals. Well, today was the health board day to come in to make sure that we were clean and, you know. For real. Yeah, fuzzy clean. Yeah. And I always, it's a nightmarish situation. Now, they're supposed to come once a year. And in the 23 years I have been doing business in this salon, they've been here three times. That was the third time today. Do they give you any notice or are they sort of? They, you know, they don't, they're not supposed to. Okay, that would suck. Um, Yeah, it would suck. But this guy actually called me on Thursday. He left a card at my door. Oh, that's nice. And then he called me on Thursday and he said, I'm not supposed to let you know when I'm coming, but we've tried many times and you're never there. Okay. Well, I'm at my workout classes, I say to him. Right. So um, he said, well, can we make an appointment? Uh, Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we make an appointment. And the first time ever, the nicest guy, they're usually like Gestapo. Okay, and I actually sent him an email afterwards, and I said, "Thank you so much. You have been the biggest fear to all of us in this industry for years, and mm-hmm. for some reason, there's actually nice humans like you." That's nice. So they kind of have this hothead, most of them, where they uh, they want to just kill you, like bite your head off and spit you out, and threaten to shut you down. Which I've had people come in and say that. Mm-hmm. So this guy 
like he could tell you can tell when you walk in here. There's like it's like perfection cleanliness. Like what yeah. are you talking about? He complained about my barber side, which is what you put the instruments in, was too dark. Too dark. Why? Because I had too much barbicide in there, which I know that. Okay. I overdo it because I always overdo things because that's what Jewish people do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I said, you know, last time they marked me off because of that. And he goes, marked you down? Really? I mm-hmm. said, yeah. He goes, no, that's stupid because what you're, it's not good if it's light. Right. That's not good. The only thing you're doing bad about having too much in there is it's costing you more money. Mm. I'm like, well, I don't care. Then that's fine. Okay. So it was very cool though. I got through that. I was really happy. Did they give you a certification? That they, you, do. they do. They do. We took a picture together and put it on Facebook. That is funny. Right? That's funny. Yeah. But his name was Tim. Tim? Something. Tim Hopner. He was awesome. And he's an ex-cop. Ex-cop. He retired because mm-hmm. he wanted to be with nice people. How cute is that? He's like, what better to be with cosmetologists every day? And they smile and they're artistic they're and they're happy. fun. It was really cute. He was the nicest guy in the I world. I bet you give good nail. I do give good nail. I give good head too, actually. I was going to say. And then you can see how good my nails are I, when I give good head. I would like to be on your nail when trail. Stroke, as I stroke it. You stroke it as nice. As I stroke it. As um, I stroke it. So good for you. Pass yeah. with flying collars. Right? No nail trail. For I know. It was awesome. Um, so uh, I saw a very funny thing on TV. What'd you say? Yeah, oh, no. It was a Facebook. Uh, somebody put on YouTube or something like that. And it was, um, I think it was titled, titled like, White People Help Me Out Here. Okay. It was funny. No, it was funny. Give I give this context. guy a lot of fucking credit for doing this. Um, I know it has nothing, no relation of what we were talking about, but it was a very funny thing I wanted to tell you. Mm-hmm. So it shows this guy, you know, very illegally, um, use, you know, videotaping himself as he's driving, but oh. he's very serious. And he's like, okay, white people like help me out here. <laughs> like I'm driving down the street and I pull up at a stoplight and I look over and there's a white guy there and I look over and he gives me one of those like smiles, like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like the scared smile, like yeah. and nods his head. Right. Right. And he's like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, what's the deal what about that? And I was like, right away. Well, obviously I couldn't tell him, but I was like saying it, but he couldn't hear me because, you know, it was a video I was video. watching and I was like, it's that scared white. You're like scared because yep. yep. white people get scared when they see black people. For it's sure. just crazy. I mean, you know, he was a big dude and whatever, and you could tell he was very, I mean, it's obviously very nice, but when you don't see him talk, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they're scared. So they give him the smile and the nod. That He's smile. Like, I don't get it. Right. It was so cute though. That's he was funny. cute. I want to see it. I need to contact him. It was somewhere on Facebook. Somebody put that on there. What can I Google it as under Facebook? It, I think it literally was listed. White people help me out here. White people help me out. Yeah. That's funny. It was cool. It was really cool. Went to raw art at Skyway Loft last week. And that is? Um, that is people that are artists for 10 years or less. Oh. It's super cool. I've been to them before. Another one, one time... They had a naked woman walking around and they, she'd go around and be painted by each of the artists and that she could lay down and they'd paint her or whatever. Beautiful. I'm in. You know, she was like this tall, skinny, beautiful boobs. And, nice. you know, she was, it was fabulous. Um, then they also have like a fashion show. They have oh, all cool. these are art, you know, so then uh, music, a DJ guy, he's, you know, new. And then they have dancing girls that are dancing, like cute little, like kind of bebop kind of Not to be confused with dancing funny. girls who are coughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're dancing. <laughs> so cool. That's it. Yeah, so that's cool. it. Okay. But um, they were really cute. And then, of course, my daughter was working there. And she's texting me. She's never in the like year she's worked there, never told me to come down there. 
And she texted me. She goes, oh, my God, you got to come to this raw art. It's so awesome. And, you know, she keeps sending all these little texts. And she goes, there's a dead people your age here. Oh, that's okay. funny. It was cute. It makes you feel good. It was cute. So we go down there, and she's dressed so flipping cute, of course. I've never been able to see her in action. So she introduces me to the guy she's working with. And I go to bump him, and he, like, completely freaked out. Like He, he was going to shake gonna, my hand. Oh, my God. And, you and he's bump. like, that's your mom? Oh, my God. She's so cool. Because I go funny. to... Then, but I did it like this. Like, I went to do a little bump with my little pinky that's up. And he's weird. like, okay, that's cute. That's cute. He loves Loved it. And he goes, then he kept saying to everybody, those people made her. Those oh, people made her. He was cute. really funny. It was great. That's super but cute. But you should check out this event. The problem was we, we, I mean, I was already, my bra was off and mm-hmm. she's texting me. I'm like, all right. Oh, that was when I was still home. I was going to ask you. And that <laughs> was, was just still at home. home. No, and so I was like, we got to go. I say to Big Daddy, we got to go. And he's like, hell, I'm not going on. I'm like, it's 830. I'm like, no, we're going. We're going. She asked us to go. We got to go. We go down. We get dressed. We go down there. We park, you know, meet her, you know, on the phone. I don't know if you've done that yet. Mm-hmm. And then um, we go. Oh, I got stuck. And then we go up to go in there to to pay. And they're like, okay, that'll be $50. 50 yeah. Are you serious? 50 bucks. And you had no idea. Yeah. Well, so if I was alone, you yeah. know, I'd pay it, but I was with Big Daddy, Mr. Yeah. Investment Officer. <laughs> so that wasn't going to happen. So I text Sasha and I say, yeah, I, yeah, you know, this is not going to happen at 20 bucks. Just wait. It says, you know, a long wait. Right, right, right. And she came down there with her um, manager and they brought us in, which was so cool. She comped you. She comped me. Which it was is super awesome. cute. I was and so it, glad. It's cute that she included you because normally doesn't she not I know, do those right? kind of things? Well, she's changed. She's, she's changing? Yeah. What do you think has changed her? Well, she's done with school. She's out of this relationship she was in that she wasn't very happy yeah. in. And she's back to what, like I say to her, you're back to the Sasha that I knew. Like she was a different person. It was uh, cool. very hard. And now it's like, hey, want to go have lunch? Hey, we went to the May Day Parade. She's like, hey, well, let me come meet you guys down there. Oh my God, what? that's super cool. Yeah, it was great. So it's like you found your daughter. Yeah, she's back. So like we say, she's, you know, I believe that um, people like you and I ha- have not crossed over the rainbow is what I say. Right. Okay. Because we still know how to have a really fucking good time. Mm-hmm. All right. And then there's those people you come across as adults, you know, that you were friends with when you were younger and they're like, not they're they're like really like no fun. They walk right? with an anchor behind them. They walk with an anchor behind yeah. them. Yeah, as I would say, they haven't crossed. I like the cross right? part. Or they've crossed, I mean, right? Well whatever. Yeah, so I, I like say it. it's like a Peter Pan. I That's interesting. we call it Peter Pan syndrome in my Peter family. Peter Pan syndrome. Okay. Because we haven't crossed over yet, we're still not have a good time. And we thought she crossed over and it looks like she crossed back. So she found the right bridge. So can you tell me real quick, yeah. how was the Mayday Parade? Because I want to tell you, I've done it one time and I thought I was never going to go back. But now... You were supposed to go. I heard you were supposed to go meet your friend there. I wanted to. He was there. For real? We saw David. He's always there. He He's everywhere. There. He's a biker and he goes to, he doesn't miss an That's event. Cute. He embraces the whole thing. Every festival he's at. What I didn't understand about the May Day Parade was that there's a lot of pot smoking going on. Oh my God. Everywhere you turn, you can smell it. Even kids in strollers are smoking weed. They were. It's <laughs> crazy to me. It. I saw There it. should be an age restriction. Actually, they weren't really smoking. Their parents would like smoke it, blow are, it in their face. Absolutely. Yeah. So they, you know, couldn't so know it good. it's kind of a wild, like I just call it a big ass puppet show. You're right. It's like a big ass puppet show, and I kind of like missed it, and I wanted to go yesterday. So we have gone many, many years. Like we mm-hmm. only started when we had kids. Mm-hmm. All right, so that was twenty some years ago, and I've 
we've always come after the parade, like, because mm-hmm. we don't want to deal with all those people. So right. we just go through and kind of walk around. There's really nothing going on. It's just a bunch of, bunch of earth muffins hanging around. <laughs> this time we actually got in line and, you know, and Big Daddy kept saying, it's going to be a Bernie freaking fest. So let's be careful. I love that. Right? That's funny. It's true. So we, I was a little scared because yeah. I'm not, you know, I know, I'm not like into that at all. No. So, um, it was weird because I always, I've never put this whole thing together. Earth Muffin people mm-hmm. and the Mad Max people are very much on the same level. Yeah. If they had, if they had sex, that's what you would have for children were those, the muff, whatever you yes. just said. It's like scary, but cool. Yes. Did they light shit on fire yesterday in the well, water? Yeah. So this is weird. Oh, that, no, I know what you're talking yeah. about, but no, I didn't see it. We left before that. We actually, so we got there this time yeah. in time for the parade, which we waited an hour and a half and then we decided to move on to mm-hmm. down to the little booths because it was too long. But the first booths that come out mm-hmm. are Mad Max booths. Did you know that? Mm-mm. No. The, not booths, the floats. The floats. Like from the movie Mad Max. Honestly, the people are just freaky like Apocalyp- that. Apocalyptic shit. Yeah. It's right? fucking weird. And I they've know. got metal shit burning on the sides. It scares me. And they've got head, remember those masks yes. they have? Yep. Hanging on the sides. And they're playing drums and shit. And they're cooking meat and shit. They made like a barbecue on their float. That looks like it's going to go flying. It's powered by fucking bikes. Color me dumbass, but I don't like that because I'm not aware of what... Freakish. I thought Mayday was like this really cool earth thing. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently it's a big ass pot fest and you're... I don't know. A Mad Mad Max pot fest. It It scared the shit out of me. But I'm glad you you. went. I'm glad. I'm sure you had a good good. time. It was good. Why did I even bring that up? Oh, because of David. Because you were supposed to come. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's all right. Um... What else? Oh, I thought of something very interesting. Good. Okay, so this is a funny thing, but it's just going to be, I'm going to tell you the story and then you're going to, I'm going to tell you about it and then we're going to be done with it. It's nothing. It's just information that comes in my head sometimes and I just, I'm like, oh my God. Bring it to my cap. Okay. Do you know how men, all right, so men, you get married and you have sex and you have children and then men seem to like get kind of decrepit quickly, yes. right? Yes. The dicks don't work anymore. Their yes. bones aren't working anymore. Women keep going. Most of the time in relationships, you're going to see the woman, if it's a male-female relationship, you're going to see the woman continually taking care of the male because we seem to last longer and our bodies can work a little longer. True. So I was thinking how interesting was the connection between that and the drone. The drone. The bee. Mm-hmm. The male bee is a drone. Mm-hmm. They go get the stuff for the queen. They impollinate, like impregnate, sure. right? But impollinate, however they call it. That's a made up word, I no, think. No, it worked for me. Okay. And they, I knew it would because you know my lingo, totally, right? Totally you know my alphabet. My, my, okay. So they go and they, they do up the queen and they fill her with all this, you know, whatever little drone <laughs> sperm. I don't know what it is. And then they die. They do die. Yeah. Yeah. Just like when a bee stings you. Okay. So how interesting is that the connection between a male human and a male drone and a a drone bee or a male bee. Now, I bet there's a lot of animals and shit in the wild that it's like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you think? it's appropriate because it's like ultimately... um, So what I wanted to say, and it, it just, I had it, it was so fucking brilliant too. And it just, well, it's like, it's like, we're talking about the bee yeah. and then it's like, yeah, killed off. Right. I had something brilliant. 
Damn well, it. could you come back with that? I'm going to have to come back it? to it. And then the one more thing that I want to talk about, because I do want you to chime in, because I'm always like, blah, 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 is our show at yeah. the Women's Club. Oh, my God. Okay, so yeah. people missed it. So that was too bad for all of you, because we had a really fucking good time. But you still can catch it. Yeah, you can. You still can catch it's it. It's always there. It's out there. Women's you're Club in like, Minneapolis. You're kind of like Prince. You're oh, you ha- you're everywhere yeah, right now. Yeah, I wish now. I was Prince. Well, I mean, but you're here, you're there. I'm you're, a princess. You're a princess. <laughs> you are the purple vein. I'm the purple, purple vein. Purple vein. Purple vein. Okay. Can you get us on, uh, on <laughs> iHeart for that of over 30 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> are we going to be in trouble? Yeah, right. Oh, my God. That's a whole other story. But you were great on that show. I mean, I was, was like... I I miss doing that. We're going to do that more. I hope so. We are. It was really for sure. fun. For sure. It was and thank you, everybody, fun. who did come out. That was really cool. It was great. Do you have any information you want to give me this week? I saw a great movie that everybody <gasps> should see. Um, it's called Doe, D-O-U-G-H. D-O-U-G-H. Oh, as in bread. Yes. You saw it over Passover? Okay, that's funny. Mm, that's, I don't know if that was such a good idea. Not so kosher. Was it tempting? Did you want to run out and get popcorn? Well, it's fun. <laughs> the, the tempting part was, and if you know the storyline, it's about a baker who's dying out, and he, he hires someone because somebody quit. Long story short, the kid who he hires is Somalian from Africa, and he puts pot into all of the <gasps> baker's stuff accidentally. It got dumped in, and all of a sudden... Everybody's buying their shit. The the challahs are laced with marijuana, the brownies, and all of a sudden people are happy and living life. It's a really cute story. Is it at a regular theater? Edina. It's a, so it's an indie. It's oh, like that's Lagoon. A, oh, wow. Jonathan Price is the lead guy, and it is just such a great story. I'd go to see and that. it's super cute. You will love it. Yeah. So it's dope. Seriously, did you see it during Passover? I did. It's kind of funny. That's really funny. Yeah, we did. Did you go with the girlfriend? I went with, um, no, I went with the friends. Okay, She That's was cool. with the kids, but it That's was cool. really good. Definitely oh see it. Oh my God, I will. Okay, good. Absolutely. Cool. What do you, what do you throw to a drowning lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> I just swallowed, Sorry. which is really personal. You swallowed your sperm. I mean, we can... Did you... Uh, get your mouth off your well, thing there. The, the funny thing is, like, just when I took a sip, you were going into your shtick about... I, I didn't know jokes were coming my way. Sorry. What was the... Okay, what's what, the do you, what do you throw to a drowning lawyer? What do you throw to a drowning lawyer? His partners. <laughs> Isn't that good? That's good. I know, right? Was that just for the show, the theme? Yeah, it was. Good for I'm you. using law. Way I'm to, using lawyer. Way to tie that in. I'm trying because it's a. It's hard for me to think of things to talk about when it comes to law. <laughs> no. Do you, are but, you? Yeah. You know, I'm kind of curious about you. Okay. I was thinking about this today, and I was thinking, God, I wonder what Bobby's favorite smell in the whole wide world is. Oh my God. I can't say bicycle seat because that would be like <laughs> oh, super. Nasty. No, what I said, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Oh my god! Especially that's when nasty. it's super nasty is on a ninety-five degree day. Yeah, that's, that's nasty. really nasty. Well, but is that after a guy or a girl got off? That's of it? crazy. Of course, it's a girl. And is it is it a is it fabric or is it leather? It's the fabric. Oh, that's really bad. Okay, There's so probably little bits of moist little supple. I don't get embarrassed easily, but this might be the first time. So, bicycle seat is not what I would say. I okay. love I love the smell of I love the scent of a woman for sure. After tennis, it doesn't matter. Do you think you're like Al Pacino or something? For sure. Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> I love the smell. I'm Do a you bit, really? I, okay, so when Yeah, you, but what's the real scent of a woman, honestly? The neck, the, the small of her back. There is a certain... Really? Yeah, because you don't... Women don't... I don't know. Maybe you do. 
I like to smell John right at the top of his crack. At the crack? Yeah. At the crack of dawn? Right there at the top of that crack, the, at the lower part <laughs> of you go in? Back. I do it in, in the morning when it's you, been... <laughs> what if you found Waldo in there and you just said, John, where's Waldo? Oh, my God. You know, kind of moist. Oh, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. Um... Women, I don't oh, know. Do you do, do, do you wash your back? Like really? Do you go back no, there? No, I do Because I can't reach my own shit. I but, don't. Yeah, but and I don't like those things because those are gross. Because you know me, I have to like oh, get yeah, a new like one each bacteria. time because it's bacteria. Yeah. So yeah. so there's the there's You'd be this, the same as me. It's a natural thing that women have that it's like their their own or I don't know. I'm gonna ask. It's yeah. I put new sheets on today, and when I put new sheets on, I get some. That so do do you spray? Do you spray? No. That's no. personal. Do you spray? No, I have. You mean like spray something in the bed? Yeah. No, I sometimes I'll have a powder I put in. A powder. But invariably, if I have new sheets, I get some. Mm-hmm. If I have new sheets or he goes out with a friend of ours, I think the friend of ours talks that's, about it. But I have this spray for my sheets. It's called Keep the Sheets Dry. Keep the Sheets Dry. Yeah, because you know, after you do it, do and it. Then, yeah. And then there's like dribble. Mm-hmm. Okay. This, if you spray it on, it instantly dries it. It dries the dribble. It does. Yeah, but my it usually ends up on my leg because he like slopped back okay. over and then suddenly I just oh, want to TMI. Oh my god! I like now I just want to have fun with this whole like. Do you ever like create like oh that wet spot looks like Abe Lincoln's beard? Do you ever <laughs> no, do? How much fun would that be? Like one. I'm night? gonna do that. Do it. Go. Oh my god! It. Who knew that looked like like? I'll let you know. I think that's fun. It's probably gonna be Al Pacino, but Thank I'll you. let you know. Thank you. I love the smell of women. I do. If you could visit any place in the whole wide world, where would you? You want to visit okay so because i have a fear of flying uh-huh. it prevents me from going to most fargo? places fargo would not be a place i would <laughs> close. ever you can drive. <laughs> wherever fargo i go um <laughs> I'd, I'd say israel because that's what we're supposed to do oh, i would love to see true. israel one day with my people you need to go you can get all the scholarship you know except the flight sucks i know i have that's a hard time hellish. with that i have a hard time with that yeah, i don't blame you and i wish there was a place that we could go like 20 minutes and call it Israel. I know. Eventually that's going to happen. How cool we would that be? probably won't be alive, though. Probably I not. I don't think. No. Like, people go to Minneapolis to St. Paul. I wish it yeah. was that close. Where you, I'm going yeah, to Israel right. tomorrow. Yeah. Who wants to go? <laughs> no, I'm going to St. Paul, so it must up. be Israel. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It must be. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you sit or stand? Doing what? Mm, peeing. Um, okay. <laughs> Like if we want to go there, yeah. Like not peeing, yeah. I, not peeing. Would you just stand there at the toilet and look like high diddle diddle cat in the fiddle? <laughs> I like to diddle myself, and I stand up sometimes because it's just more clean. It is because there's a there's a flow that you because when you're laying down and you're not worried about being all anal and sticky. No pun intended. Right? Yeah. I sometimes just like to be clean with it and just okay. let it happen. That's and then good. it's already disposed and you flush the toilet, yeah. done deal, evidence gone. Shaky, shaky, and you're all yeah, done. Yeah, so standing. Okay, I get it. Um, when, What can you tell me the story of your first kiss? Oh, my goodness. Was it a girl? It was or a girl. Trans. No, it was not trance. Trance. Um, it was. It was a really cool thing because I was, I, I don't know who's going to hear this, but... It was my sister's friend. Oh, I thought you could say it was your sister. I'm like, that's freakish. <laughs> that's funny. Was your sister's friend? Did you like... All right, your sister's like 20 years older than you. No. Oh, oh my God. Oh, She's okay. not my sister, Mom. Um, She... Okay, so I'm... Okay, so four years older. So yeah. I was probably 15, and we were at the park. And how old was she? Four so she years? was she was four years older. So she was um, 19. 
Okay. And we were on a slide, and I was sitting behind her. And you were holding her tits. I was. Oh, my God. And it was like a dream come true, right? Oh, my God. And she turns around, and I kissed her. I did. Did she take it? She took it all in. Wow. Then I cried like a little bitch. Oh, no, because you freaked out. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, do we do it here? (laughs) And she's like, do what? (laughs) I said, slide. Don't I slide in? Yeah, it was awkward. That was good. So, yeah. That's a good story. 15, a really good kiss. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Um, So, why do lawyers wear neckties? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're going to have to help me with this one, okay? Why do lawyers wear neckties? Yeah. I don't know. To keep the foreskin from crawling up their chins. Wow. Can you help me with that one? If I could, I would. Yeah, I was confused on that too. I'm still trying to visualize it. Yeah, I don't not know. Not going to happen. Okay, I don't get it either. Why do they oh. call it foreskin and not five skin? I've never understood that. Um... Because Foreman and Clark came up with it. Thank you. That would be what you wanted to say. I knew what you wanted to say. Thank you. I wonder why it's called foreskin, the before. Oh, it's because it's the before skin. Is that it? Think of it. F-O-R-E. It's not F-O-U-R. That's true. And it's not a number four. No. It's F-O-R. It's the before skin. Jesus just made it shorter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. Shorter. That's funny. That's funny, isn't That's a short it? story. I mean, that's a I short like story. These are great questions. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I, I'm going to give you one more question. All right. But I probably might know the answer. But I want everybody, I want all our listening audience to hear what your favorite cocktail is. Standard Bloody Mary. I mean, I really? could Bloody Mary. Bef- I didn't know that. I can drink a Bloody Mary at one in the morning, four o'clock in the afternoon, nine o'clock in the morning. It is the only drink that is like acceptable it has cool. no time. Bloody that's Mary. Cool. And then there's about a million other, but I do love the Bloody Mary. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. What's yours? Um, actually, I'd probably say to you, the drink that I didn't have the other night is my favorite. The drink that you didn't have? Yeah, it was called... I was, I've been dying for it, but I was with some friends that one of them didn't drink, so I didn't feel appropriate drinking, okay. which I'm fine with that. But it was called a fig old-fashioned. Oh, my God. And that sounds thing good. sounded so wonderful. But I got to tell you, I was just at Dixie's the other night. Mm-hmm. Family dinner Friday night. Yeah. And they had an old fashioned like I've never had before. They used four roses bur- bourbon, I think. Yeah, is bourbon. it right? Mm-hmm. Which I've actually been to that plant. I actually have a little glass that says oh, cool. four roses on cool. it. But it is really good mm-hmm. bourbon and it was the fucking best drink I think I've ever had. Did you see him make it? No, but they did model. They did model. there was definitely those old-fashioned like cherries yeah, in that's that what makes oranges. It, for sure. And, yeah, because I've had a bad one. Oh, so, my God, too. Me, too. Really good. We're going to let that little interview run with Paul Applebaum. He was born and raised in St. Paul, and he's... I've known him all my life, and he's he's been a trial lawyer his entire career. Um, he partially focuses on representing minority civil rights plaintiffs. Um, many of Paul's cases have involved claims against St. Paul and Minneapolis police officers, which I find so interesting. Mm-hmm. Though his experience extends well beyond the Twin Cities metro area alone, Paul is a, also a veteran criminal defense attorney and has spent la- his last 20 plus years defending his clients' rights with diligence and determination. Paul has appeared in state and federal courts throughout the United States and over the course of his career has successfully resolved over hundreds of civil rights and criminal cases in favor of his clients. His courtroom demeanor is tough to the point. 
In 2011, Paul was recipient of the Innocence Project of Minnesota's Never Forgotten Award. So take a listen to this interview and enjoy. Paul Avalon. So glad that you could join me at Not So Kosher today. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, <laughs> uh, Paul. Yes. Paul is a defense attorney. And I want to know, what is a defense attorney? Well, in, uh, first of all, I'm a lawyer. And I practice criminal defense and also civil rights um, litigation, which is police brutality and things like that. But on the on the criminal defense side of it, I sit in my office and I wait for people who have been charged with crimes in state and federal court to walk in and tell me their troubles. And then I figure out how much money it's going to take. And once we iron out the financial part of it, then I launch into my defense of that individual. So when you say lawyer, why would attorney and lawyer... Give me the lowdown on that. Well, there's an inside joke that okay. that that real trial, real individuals who try cases are lawyers. Individuals who sit on the 51st floor of a, of a skyscraper are attorneys. Ah. So I'm more of a street lawyer. You're more of a you're probably thinner because you walk back and forth to the courthouse, so, right? <laughs> instead of looking down and worrying about my billing, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a street lawyer, basically. That's perfect. Right. All right, so then I also want to know what the difference is between civil and criminal cases. Well, civil cases, I'm on, um, if I had to sort of simplify it, I'm on offense. I'm the person bringing the lawsuit. I'm the person putting the case together and hoping that it will hold up in court. And on the criminal side, I'm basically trying to poke holes in a case. So there are two different jobs. On the civil side, I'm the one um, trying to hold everything together and and convince a jury to award my client money. And on the criminal side, I'm trying to convince a jury that there's reasonable doubt. So tell me what maybe a typical day would be for you if you had a major case you were working on. A typical day for me is... um, I walk into the office, I start yelling at people for things that I think that they made mistakes on, which they haven't, and then after I'm done doing that, I maybe we'll think about a nap. <laughs> Do you have a couch? Oh, yes. <laughs> and my, the people that work for me are thinking about putting wheels on it just to wheel me oh. into their courtroom and on the couch. There but, you go. <laughs> but a typical day, seriously, is is there's a huge amount of, of working on the phone, so that's primarily what I do is... Um, meeting with clients, talking to prosecutors, um, talking to witnesses, things like that, um, preparing for the trial itself. And that's kind of how I approach things as I work backwards. Um, when I'm, when I, a case comes in, I try to visualize what the trial will look like. What's my, what's my story? If I have to boil it down in one sense, what is the case about? Um, and so once I've done that, once I've identified sort of a theme, uh, for the trial, then what I do is I try to build the evidence around that theme, contacting witnesses, talking to them, finding out what they have to say, trying to get a hold of police witnesses, you know, who might be civilians but who are favorable to the prosecution, and it's it's a lot of um, strategizing. And then what I do is once I once I've sort of visualized what the what the case is about, then I sort of get the people that work for me lined up and they kind of marshal the law, what I'm going to need for a self-defense case, for example, or for, 
you know, what is a manslaughter versus what is an intentional murder, things like that. So they work on the legal side of it, and I basically work on the people side of it. So when we watch TV shows like um, Law and Order or um, what's the other one? Uh, they have a few of them, oh, don't they? Yes. Um, is that is that kind of how it is no. with you? No, it's nothing like that. No. So, of course, that's what I would assume. Right, and it's been popularized, and they've made it very... Um, uh, what I do is incredibly interesting, but I don't know if it would make for good TV. It's not... It's You know, there's not a lot of people standing up and trembling voice, pointing a finger at someone and, and you know, yelling at them. It's what you see on TV, and that's why you, you really can't watch... If you're an attorney, you really can't watch those shows because they're so preposterous that... Um, you just be like spend the whole day ruining it for everybody else who's watching by yelling stuff out about how. But they're but a lot of them are based on true stories. So they are, but the legal part of it, the procedural part, is not is not accurate. That's not the way cases. They go. bling it out a little more <laughs> to make it look nice for TV. Right. I mean, and you'll have. I can't remember the last time I went to a meeting with a client and let the client just speak. Um, extemporaneously to a prosecutor <laughs> and you're yeah. in a room and the guy's just giving it up and you're sitting there like a plant not doing anything. And so that in particular, uh, that really bothers me or when a judge calls the lawyers in and they're all having drinks in his chambers while he takes his robe off and you know, that never happens. It never happens. No. And it's those, those it's nitpicking, but to me those things are important. And so that's why I can't watch those shows. It's very, very different than, than, um, than what you see on television. So you um, informed me that you like to listen to podcasts. Do you ever listen to Serial? No, what is that? Serial is a, it's a woman that is an attorney or a lawyer, and uh, I don't know for there's sure. A big, there's a big difference. <laughs> and she talks about her cases. Oh, really? Yep. And what, she says, there? real. Ca- I don't know. I'm not that good at knowing. I've only listened not even to a whole one, but... I, they're very interesting and she's very even killed when she speaks. And so when you, when you watch, if, and when you ever watch a TV show about law or, um, uh, or listen to something that might be on radio or whatever, do you, um, is, is that, can you feel all of that? Can you, is that part of what you're, um, how do I want to say, uh, I forget that because I can't quite. I'm not is getting that, the words for that one. You mean in terms of is that is that reflect my my your thoughts about how you would do something? Yeah, I mean there are there. It's not that that lawyers are using strategies that are that are ridiculous. It's more that when they're in court and they do this long winded objection to somebody, he knows that he's not telling the truth, and the judge is looking back, and then you know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll do these, and the jury's sitting right Pressure there. Pressure them. The jury's sitting right there while this lawyer's giving a big speech about how the witness doesn't knows that he's lying, and everybody knows that the witness is lying, and the jury's right there. That would never happen in a real trial. Like, okay. you, can't, you can't stand up and just start blurting things out like on TV. The lawyers are constantly rising to their feet, and you would be swatted down so fast in, in a real courtroom. Um, your job is, in, is incredibly um, stressful. Yes. Uh how do you deal with that at the end of your day? I think you come to a point. I think every lawyer um, who does takes the same path that I did. You get to a point um, where you have to make a choice is, you know, am I going to be able to function 
you know, professionally and be effective um, given the pressures that are, that are um, on you and the things that you have to digest on a daily basis. And there was a, there was a moment in my career, it was pretty early, I was very unhappy um, because I, um, the pressure was so incredible. And the people you deal with are, this, generally speaking, some of the worst times in their life. So they're not at a good place either. And those are the good clients, let alone the ones that are mentally ill on top of that. <laughs> and so you, you have to make a choice early on in your career whether you can really handle this. And you have to figure out, okay, I want to do this, but you have to figure out strategies as to how to be able to sort of put it away for short periods of time. I mean, you never do. You're always thinking about your, your cases. But at some point, you have to be able to deal with your children, deal with your spouse, girlfriend, whoever, your parents, and, and be engaged with them. And not be sort of just, you know, listening uh, with 50% effort. You have to be able to sort of turn it on and off. And if you can't do that, you're going to go insane and not be an effective lawyer and be very unhappy. Did you choose to do this particular law from the beginning? Yes. When I was when I was in high school, I interned for the um, public defender at a, at a, in a local, um, in a Minneapolis public defender's oh, office. Cool. And so they would, because they were so understaffed, they gave us incredible amounts of responsibility. I mean, they didn't just have us get coffee. They made us do that for sure. But we would also interview witnesses on our own. We would do really? Oh, yeah. Well, because wow. there was just, they couldn't afford to hire yeah. paid people. So they'd send out a freshman in college to go interview a rape, you know, witness. In yeah, case. And yeah. Was, I could tell you stories, a little Jewish boy going out into these neighborhoods and trying to interview these witnesses and, you know, the foibles of, of doing that. But that's even back when I was younger, I was fascinated by, um, by being a lawyer and these issues are so huge and it's, it's, it's really an interesting career. So once you did that and you knew that, that obviously what you, you clearly knew you wanted to do that. Then you get into this and you say that it was a lot of pressure and you, you know, how do you, you know, lose that at the end of the day? Were you sure that that's what you wanted to stay and continue to do that kind of law? You know, it's funny. I didn't put a lot, I I didn't think about it that deeply. I'm not a quitter. I'm sort of one of those people that will continue to bang his head against the wall (laughs) in spite of all the evidence to the contrary. I kept going and, and I became very, I could, the war stories are incredible, but I, I, got very lucky. I'd been a lawyer for like two or three years and there was this incredibly notorious case that came onto my, uh, onto my plate and I was launched into sort of local prominence by this case that I had no business handling, but I handled it well. And it was a nationally known case. And so I, I rolled that to, I faked it a lot. I didn't know what I was doing, but I actually came out and, and, and it was a successful defense of this family that was, um, can you, can you talk about oh, that? Oh, sure. No, it was a family, uh, you know, a local family. Very, was very, it the Dayton's case? Yes. Yeah. And that was, I'd only been a lawyer for two years. <laughs> and I still remember watching that and thinking, oh my God, he's a superstar. That's Paul Applebaum. That's Paul Applebaum. He's in my yearbook. <laughs> and so I was, there were three other lawyers who were phenomenal lawyers. And then there's little Paul Applebaum who's been a lawyer for two years. And they used to call us the dream team. And I was so embarrassed that I was being included and I would, I would go to great lengths to explain to people, look, I'm not, I'm just Paul. I'm not part of the dream team because the three other lawyers I had were legendary. Okay. So didn't it seem like they focused on you or was that just all of us thinking that they focused on you? Well, I was the first lawyer. I was the lawyer that oh. brought the case in. So, oh, okay. So 
I was, I was sort of the face of the case, at least at the beginning. And then when the other lawyers came along, thank God, they knew how to handle the media. So I got to fade into the background a little bit. But I mean, that was on uh, USA Today. I was in the New York Times. Time, People Magazine. Yeah. And, and, um, Crazy. And what was that? Uh, there was a show that's gone now, but it was it was an entertainment show, and they showed me a thousand oh, times. Did they really? Yes. Yeah, I didn't catch that one. The Today Show, and so it that was how I got my leg up. That was an incredible stroke of luck that I got that case. Um, it was a referral from another lawyer, and um, that I never turned back after that. That was the, the case. Well, it was amazing. I mean, honestly, I I, I remember it all. But I, of course, read a little bit more since we were meeting today. Oh, okay. And so there was a lot of things I didn't know about the case that I read more details about it. And I was like, how the fuck did you do that? Right. Like, shit. Right. That's amazing to me that, not that I entirely agree with it, but it's crazy. But what do you do when you don't, I mean, I don't know. And I don't know if that's an area I can go to with you, but um, how did you feel you were in the right space to fight for these people that had done well, wrong? See, that's not a decision that I make, and that's what the beauty of this system is, that that it's not, and people constantly struggle with that idea, and I think it's fairly straightforward, that when you know someone is, is guilty, that doesn't deter you from making sure that the prosecutor has evidence to put them away. I mean, what's the alternative? You have lawyers who are not really trying? Yeah. I mean... It's, it's, wait till you get charged with a crime, Becca. You'll, God forbid. You I, know, I had one situation that I had to have you help me Have I represented you before? No, but it was something I was very upset about because I had done no wrong and the police went after me and it was wrong. Are you a former was, client? No, I'm not. Oh, you I kind of, you. kind of. You were very nice just to just be by my side. Pretty much the entire Jewish community of St. Paul has been a client of mine. You know, J- John's whole joke is, well, probably pre-phones, I suppose, but I bet still he does. I have one phone number in my wallet, and it's Paul Applebaum's phone number. Yeah. And he always told the girls, if you ever need, if there's anything bad that happens, call. that's the attorney, before that's you, the lawyer that you call. Before you call <laughs> your parents, call Yes. I'll yes. help you figure out a story. <laughs> I don't know. You just, I think your presence actually got me off of whatever it was that you didn't even have to hardly do anything, but he probably was scared. You're a big man. I mean, in my, should I say, you're not like a, you're a big man to me as a, as a, as a person. Right. You're big in my mind. Right. You're not a fat man. (laughs) You're just, your head's double the size of John's. That's all. But Uh, But it's funny though, because that case, it just it, it it it's sort of a testament to you got to believe in yourself, and I am a firm believer in don't turn things down that you could possibly handle. Challenge yourself, and you'll figure it out. Be creative, improvise, be resourceful. And I would say so much okay. BS that I had no idea what I was talking about. But you know what? If you say it with enough sincerity, people will run to listen. It. Yeah, and, and I'll never forget. Um, my it was about a week long trial, and it was in the summer, and my mom and dad were in the front row. This was a case where you could not even get into the courtroom. It, there was a line to get into the courtroom to watch. Okay. Wow. Okay. And so my parents posted up in the front row. And so I, it was, it, the case went unbelievably well for us. We just were, it was just incredible. So we come to the closing arguments and, um, they, uh, I stood up to do mine, and I was second to the last because they wanted the, mo- the most experienced lawyer. They wanted to have go last in case everybody screwed up. He could clean up the whole mess. 
And I stood up there, and it was absolutely packed. The courtroom was, you couldn't even, I look around, and the window was open. It's an old-fashioned courthouse in downtown St. Paul, and a train whistle blew at that moment. There wasn't a sound in the courtroom. And I was like, this is out of a freaking movie. You know, I literally thought, and I thought, excuse my language, I thought, motherfucker, you were born to do this, now go ahead and hit a home run. And I did it. And it was really amazing. And I was up there, and it was sort of an out-of-body experience where I was watching myself, and I was saying to myself, you are killing this, dude. The jury loves you. And it was, and I'm very candid about my performance, and they were enthralled by what, and I was like, where is this coming from? Like, it came from somewhere way deep inside. And, you know, you know you're in the right place then. That's right. You know you're doing the right so, thing. Was that one of those where you were like this? I mean, was that one of your that was one of your first big ones? Yeah. So is that the first time you stood in a courtroom like that? No. Or, oh, I okay. I didn't know cases. how they are. I didn't know if there's small right. ones or whatever. And no, no. Says, I had tried okay. a million cases, but none okay. of that magnitude. And okay. so, you know, usually it's me in an empty courtroom trying oh. to save this poor bastard. <laughs> yep, got it. But this was more, there was no a No one national, gives a shit about him, so they're not there. Right. Yeah. This was a national, I mean, there were national yeah. media, you know, all of the, all of the, um, all of the national shows were the, the syndicated shows were there and everybody, I mean, it was just like out of a movie. And you do huge trials. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of really big ones that you do. But how do you keep yourself staying under the radar so much? I mean, I know you're a very private person, but how do you continue that within your law practice? It's amazing to me that um, you're not on every every front of the newspaper. Or I know I'm 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 elaborating a little bit, but really, like, how do you keep it to a quieter level? Do you because think it's, I don't? I don't. Um First of all, I'm very lazy, and so I don't like to network because um, it requires me to come up with some personality. Yeah. It takes it. It's very so, hard. <laughs> so it's it's very difficult, and it's been it's been. Um, I guess I like to let kind of the results speak for themselves. So I don't advertise. I don't do any of those kind of things, and, and I just sort of sit there staring out the window until somebody wants to. Yeah, but that's not true, is it? I mean, you're probably busy all the time. I would assume. Incredibly busy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's my personality. I'm very, uh, I don't know how to say it. I, 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 lawyers are so incredibly braggadocious and obnoxious about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I don't, a lot of them. Yeah. And I just don't like to do that. I don't like to, stand up and tell a group of people or at a cocktail party, how, how big shot you are. Yeah. I mean, if you got to tell people, then you're not a big show. Yeah, you're right. And so um, the guys in my office, we just sort of work and let the results um, take care of themselves. And so, I don't know, I've stayed away from advertising. I have the world's worst website. Um, yeah, it's pretty um, bland. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. all right. It's okay. I mean, it gets to the point. That's all that matters. This right. is my address. Right. This is the shit I've done. Right. And, you know? And it took me years of people yelling at me before I even agreed to that garbage. So you, you know. need you need to just have a place for people to go. I mean, exactly. at this point in the, in time, you know, do you? How do you um, keep once somebody's gone through and they've uh, a trial or whatever and they've gotten off? Mm-hmm. Um, is there something as their lawyer that you do that will maybe keep them from getting themselves in trouble again? Yeah. I if usually, I can say it that direction, I might be saying it the wrong direction. No, no, no. You said it perfectly. Okay. What I usually do is after, if let's say we've had a good trial and we've got the result we want, which is a not yeah. guilty verdict. Yeah. Usually what I'll do is I'll take them into the conference room and throw them up against the wall. 
Look, you dumbass. Exactly. Don't get yourself into this shit again. Right. I don't want to clean it up again. Right. You have kids. It won't happen again like that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I really do. I mean, and also you have, you have, you have parents, you have children, you know, you're 41 years old. You shouldn't be pulling in the gun on somebody because he cut you off, you know, on the freeway. Get your shit together. <laughs> That's what I do. And I, if, if I have to get even more physical, I will. So I'll tell you a quick story. Tell me. Okay, so. It can be long. I love stories. This was the first trial I ever had. I had been a lawyer for like 20 minutes. Some idiot comes in and hires me. He's charged with soliciting a prostitute. It was actually a cop. You know, like the old, they're standing on the corner. He's driving around. He sees this damsel in distress. He pulls over. She's got a microphone on. So he gets, so he gets charged with a crime. Um, they also take his fully paid for F three fifty work truck. That's worth like $60,000 because they can forfeit a truck if it's used in the commission of prostitution. So he calls me up. I literally had like, I had one suit. <laughs> you know, so, so I was a little worried about a three day trial cause I had only the one suit. <laughs> so, um, and my dad, you have to understand, it was a long road for me to become a lawyer. I didn't graduate college till I was 27 years old, you know, so I was a very late bloomer, to say the least. Okay. And so my dad was very invested in my career because he's thinking, God, if, he, if this kid can't make it at this, what are we going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> so, I get it. So, <laughs> so I tell him I have my first trial coming up, and it's right down the street from my office. I had a little closet that I called an office. And so my dad showed up, got, I mean, this is a story. Um, he's a typical Jewish parent that he's totally invested in everything I do, no matter how insignificant he's, you know, he's got the death grip on it. Yeah. So, yeah. so we try the case. My dad shows up. He's in the front row of a totally empty courtroom with wooden benches, uh, in it. The trial is three days long. God love him. My dad sat on the front bench of that courtroom. Wow. All three days, eight hours a day, you know, and he has the attention of a flea. So I don't know how he's able to hang in there for three days. Well, it's proud. When yes. you're proud of your child, yes. you, yeah. you sit there for, you can sit there for him. So I get up, I do my closing statements. And I remember as I was walking back to my chair, my dad gives me a very obvious two thumbs up in front of the jury. <laughs> how cute <laughs> though. The thing so I go back and sit down and then now the jury's got to deliberate. And so meaning they have to decide. Yeah. What to vote for. So yeah. they, they don't let you leave the courtroom, uh, the courthouse when the jury's delivery. The, oh. the lawyers must stay in the courthouse. If there's a jury question, the judge wants you nearby. Okay. Okay. Got it. wants you floating away. And then Got the it. Got so it. Okay. That meant that my father, the, the trial ended quite late in the afternoon. So that meant that my father and I had to sit in this darkened courthouse together. He was not going to, he was going to see this trial through. Wow. Wow. I mean, he good for him. And so my dad who was in the grocery business starts giving me analogies to the state's case. This is like, uh, when there's, <laughs> a, a, when there's a sale on bread and they ran out of bread, you know, <laughs> so I love it. He's doing everything he can to think of a way to relate to my career. Yeah. And so the jury, there's a point to this story, but there's, so we're waiting there and you just have to see the, the janitors are turned off all the lights. There's no lights in the hallways. It's just myself and my dad. Yeah. And the jury comes back and now it's nighttime and they, they, the verdict is not guilty. So everybody's happy. We're all getting ready to leave. My dad comes storming up through the swinging doors of the you know, the little, yep. okay, between yep. the, oh, he starts yelling at the, my client about his personal behavior and oh. how, how a man is supposed to conduct himself when he's a family man. Oh, <laughs> oh no. It was the best. Oh shit. Right. I mean, did you just stand there and, or did great. you, 
Oh, did you really? You let him just do it? Well, because... Wow, good for you. Because... It wasn't like he was bullshitting and was telling no, the truth. No, he was like, you're a family man. Because he heard all this through the So trial. is this how you learned to, like... No, I would do that, too. You still did. Okay. But I just thought it was cute that my dad, who had no connection to the case... It's like, he would come don't ever. Oh, my gosh. I love that he did that. I know. And he's, wow. he's been the same. He, he's, he's, I wouldn't know that about him. He seems very... When you say that he can't, doesn't have, you know, that he can't sit still, I wouldn't see that about him. He seems like a very mellow, very um, laid back guy. Interesting. Yes. And so he came. Well, you have to get it from somewhere. Yes. Yeah. And so he he wanted this guy to know. And my dad is a guy who does not go for any messing around drugs, alcohol, cheating, stealing. My dad has never been sued in his life. He doesn't know anything about that. He's lucky. And and, but. So for him, he doesn't he doesn't understand people that jeopardize everything they care about and everything that's important for some dumb thing like yes. So he 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 had to let the guy know, and the guy's looking at him, and he just listened, and then he thanked him and walked past. But that's so my dad. Is there ever a case that you won't take because it is way off? Yeah, I this, this too, sex too much too. What do I want to say? Too harsh that too you despicable. just, yeah, just, you can't, you're like, I can't even go there. Yeah. There's a lot that are like that. Are there? Yeah. And Can you give me an example of one that would be one that you well, wouldn't like, take? Sure. Like a, a crim sex case involving children or something like that. Really? Yeah. And okay. I've taken five of them and every time before I, um, and most lawyers who, who might hear this would laugh and probably think I'm full of shit, but, um, I make the clients take a polygraph before all. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. So obviously those for sure really work. Oh yeah. No, no one can are, fuck with them. Well, if you're a, I mean, I would say that there isn't 100% reliability. But pretty close. Oh yeah. Way, way, way over. You can catch the lying pretty good, yes. I suppose. Yes. Unless the person is a complete sociopath and they believe what they're saying is the truth. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. People are sociopaths actually believe their bullshit. So they won't, it won't reflect as um, dishonesty on a polygraph. Okay. Have you ever met somebody who's like so stainless steel, you know, nuts that they will tell you something and it's completely false, but they believe it? Uh, A little bit, but I wouldn't say intensely. I can usually tell somebody's fucking with me. Yeah, but so, but polygraphs. I mean, I know what you mean, but polygraphs are good. They're a good tool to use. That's why I stay in my house, Paul, so I don't have to deal with those fucking assholes. God, I don't need any of that shit. <laughs> I'll handle those people. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I will not take those if, okay. if I can't verify. Because here's what happens. First of all, they take about five years off your life. They're horrible. Wow. Because, because you'll be in trial, and then the, the little child comes out to testify, and they've got a teddy bear under their arm. And, you know, it's like, now yeah. you're the guy that's got to rip them up. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to do that unless I know that they're been misled or forced. To yes. Something. Yes. So, what kind of trials do you prefer? What kind of cases, excuse me, do you prefer to take? My, my, the vast majority of the cases I take now are civil rights cases where the police have beaten somebody up or crossed the line or done something inappropriate that, um, violated somebody's rights. And that's my main focus now. In reading more about you as well, I learned that about you, that you take a lot of those cases. Right. I thought I'm you were sorry. better friends on this. I no, didn't I didn't. You know what? Uh, I, you've never said anything. We've never talked about it. And you know what? If somebody doesn't want to talk about something, I'm not going to bring up work True. when we're to- supposed to socialize and enjoy our time. Right. Um, 
Most of the time I don't say things about what I do because then people start spouting off about their personal philosophies of stuff and I just end up uh, throwing them into the yeah, you know. abyss. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, how do you, aren't you afraid when you're, I don't know if you've ever been pulled over. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with the cops at all, but doesn't it scare you that they, they probably think you're a fucking asshole? Yeah, they do. And doesn't that make you nervous that they'll just come and do something? I mean, they're at, they can be terrible people sometimes. I, I, you don't worry about that. No, first of all, I'm wow enormous. I mean, what are they going to do to me? Yeah. I mean, I also, uh, I'm like, my wife calls me the cop whisperer because every time I get pulled over, which is once a week, I get out of it without even a, hopefully that they don't know you. Well, I was up assuming I was up North, you know, and a guy pulls me over. I was going like 90 miles an hour. My, my, my tabs were expired. Leave it to you, right? <laughs> it's either a cop or a lawyer that's going to do that. Right. And so he pulls me over, he comes back later and I'm sure it had nothing to do with, he didn't do, he just ran my, and he just was like, you know, slow it down, pal. And that was it. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you probably scared him. <laughs> Visually he was scared. He goes, you hey. have that presence. <laughs> he goes, How did that gorilla get that suit on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So one of the big things I want to talk about just kind of lastly is I want to know your feelings on the situation we had over above um, WA Frost. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So do you ever get afraid like that? I mean, I, I can't imagine that that wouldn't be something you would think of, or do you never? Well, I knew the, I know the lawyer. It wasn't the lawyer that was hurt, though, or killed. It was his... It the receptionist? Was, oh, okay, yeah. yes. And... But was that the intention, do you think? I think he just showed up to... Sh- got Whoever. Him. Yeah. And, okay. And so, well, we... we are prepared to defend ourselves at my office. Oh, okay. Let's put it that way. Okay, cool. And it's not, you know, there are certain trials that we have that we, when we feel like there could be some pro, like I tried a case like, do we have enough time for this? Yeah, okay. absolutely. So I tried a murder case about five years ago in St. Paul, and it was a gang related case in which my client, it was all on video. He was in a bar. He walked up and absolutely shot this guy. Right on, right on, on video. Okay. And there were two gang members, one different gangs. Okay. And so, um, we raised a self-defense case cause these two guys have been going at it for years, you know, just this, there was going to be trouble sooner or later. Yeah. So we go to trial and, um, on one side of the courtroom is the family of the victim, the decedent. And on the other side of the courtroom is my client's family. And there was bad blood throughout the whole um, trial, a lot of, lot of chirping back and forth and, you know, people making threats and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so, and I had really dirtied up the, the decedent. I talked about his criminal history and his gang affiliations. And, and so there was, people were not really excited about my performance on the victim side of the thing. And so yeah. the, the, it was late in the evening and the jury came back with a verdict and I got there and there were no deputies in the courtroom. Now, both of the families were in the courtroom, so we had 80 people on each side. That are not in good spirits with each other. No, there's not a lot of them back there. (laughs) So I told the judge, I went in chambers, and the judge was like, okay, you know, we're ready to take the verdict. I said, look, judge, not for me, because you know I'm a badass. But I'm just saying, there's no deputies out there. Meanwhile, I'm shaking in my boots. (laughs) I mean, wouldn't he as well be a little nervous that he's stuck in this room? She did not know. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. She was in her chamber, so she did not know. Oh. Now, there was only one bailiff, and he was the one that was watching the jury. Okay. Because uh, they assign a bailiff to follow to make sure the jury doesn't talk to anybody or whatever. Okay. 
So, so she called up some St. Paul police officers who happened to be playing softball, and they showed up in their softball uniforms with gun belts on. That's funny. <laughs> it was so funny. That's funny. So the verdict is that he was acquitted of all the first-degree stuff, and he was convicted of manslaughter. Wow. And the victim's family went bonkers. Yeah. So me, you know, not wanting to, I don't want to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I went out the side door and was last seen running down the stairwell while the families were in battle. And you never had anybody come at you after that? No. In fact, the, wow. the, in fact, the, the uncle of the, of the decedent who I had blamed was the one that took the gun away from the decedent. You could see the uncle bend over and take something from the, his, his nephew on the ground. Yeah. Wow. And so I had pointed at him the whole time in the trial saying, he's the guy that took the gun. Yeah. Cause he didn't know his nephew was going to die and his nephew was a felon. And that's why he took the gun away because uh-huh. he wanted to be a felon in possession of a gun. And that's why, the, okay. So uh-huh. he actually ended up hiring me like, uh, about three months later. Oh, fuck. And so I went to see him in jail. I'm like, you know who I am, right? And he goes, hell yeah, you did a hell of a job. Oh, my God. <laughs> he goes, so, it's just business. <laughs> are, you, are you also like on a list for bail bondsmen? Do they, no. you oh, you say it like that. Why? Because you're not really supposed to have that kind of relationship with bail bondsmen. It happens. It happens all the time. But, yeah. But bail bondsmen but not, are not supposed to refer to specific lawyers. Interesting. And so, um, you know, I just don't do it. Interesting. I also don't want to be beholden to people. I don't want people doing me favors because then I feel like I have to Yeah, you owe them back. I'd rather just I get it, it. You know, and so I don't do the tickets thing and like the Vikings tickets thing. I don't give oh. people stuff. I don't do, I just don't do it because it just gets to be too many misunderstandings and too yeah. many obligations that I don't want to have and it's not clean and I like to be able to just, what if there's a bail bondsman that I want to use that's cheaper than the one that, Yeah. you know, and so that's happened as well. Okay, I get it. Well, Paul, thank you for thank joining you me as we have this little interview. But before you go... I feel like you're looking into my soul because we've known each other for so long. <laughs> well, I got to learn a lot of things today that I didn't know because I don't talk to anybody about this kind of stuff. No. You know? You're a I don't know. Person. You know? Um, but if somebody wants to get in touch with you, they can always go to applebaumlawfirm.com right. and see your fabulous website. Yes. And, um, but you can get his address on there and you can get his phone number. So if you need him, you can find him. I probably won't answer, but you can That's try okay. <laughs> Leave a voicemail. Thank you, Paul. Love you, baby. Take it easy. Okay, so that was um, really an amazing interview for me to be a part of. I feel very fortunate that I got to learn a little more from Paul. He's, a, he's an awesome uh, defense attorney. And so if anybody ever needs one, you just know where to go and get one, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, make sure you check out By the Rivers podcast. With uh, They have regular conversation on interfaith topics in the Twin Cities and beyond. I don't have any more, Jew- any more Jewish jokes, any more lawyer jokes. Um, I just want to throw out there that for some uh, shit that we got going on around town, we got Stereo Kitchen playing this Saturday, the May 7th at the Fine Line. Can't wait to go. I've had tickets since I think they went on sale because, God forbid, I wouldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. University of Minnesota Foundation has the Wine Fest number 21. Got to miss that. I'm sad about it. That's also this weekend, Renaissance Minneapolis Hotel, the Depot, uh, Fifth Annual Minnesota Monthly Grill Fest, which is uh, May 14th and 15th at the Saints Stadium, grillfestival.com. Don't miss the burger, ba- burger Battle. Do you know about the Burger Battle? I love the Burger Battle. May 21st, 5 to 8 in St. Paul, tcburgerbattle.com. 
I was the, one of the first ones out of the 2,500 tickets that they sell yeah. to buy. I waited to, at April 5th, 10 o'clock, couldn't wait to get my tickets online, buy my tickets. And of course, I noticed this morning that as I put it on my calendar that I will not be here on May 21st. Sell your ticket? <laughs> Fucked up. How I got did, four you, fucking tickets. How did you f- space that? Yeah, I don't know, because I just never do. Because you got a lot going on. Yeah, I'd never pay attention until I do my calendar. Don't miss Bad Jews at the Minnesota Jewish Theater, which is in lovely Highland Park. Uh, Make sure, a quick little, uh, I forgot that we needed some uh, um, uh, ads. Kind of forgot about my ads, but Cecil's is always there. Cecil'sDeli.com, don't forget them. Uh, okay, so I, I'm I'm done. I got you know. Just is there anything else you want to? No, tell it's me? just good to be here as usual. I love it. Not thanks, so babe. Thanks for Yay. being with us. Rock on. Notsokosher.com. No, notsokosher.net. Backroomstudios.com. S T E W D I O S. Uh, info at backroomstudios.com. We got a new website coming up in the next couple weeks. That'll be smoking hot. Uh, Twitter not so at notsokosher. Instagram notsokosherTC. If you've got any questions or concerns or discrepancies, please make sure you contact Bobby at... I'm kidding. At twatter. At twatter.com. <laughs> Thanks for joining me tonight, Bobby. I love Pleasure. being with love you, being honey. I love being across from you. Thank you so much. Hey, be well, my universe. Hey.